cast your mind back a few weeks ago, we asked the question, is there a difference or can there be a difference or a divide between being a spiritual man and a godly man? Or woman, yes. We're assuming, we're assuming women as well. And we looked at when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, what's going on? We've seen what you've done. You're a great man of God. There must be something about you that's different. And Jesus said, look, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the Spirit. You've got to flow in the Spirit. There's this whole realm of entering into Spirit and truth, which means you will be able to do the things that I'm doing, that you will, you know, the Spirit of God will manifest in believers' lives and will see great things happen in and through us which takes us from being just a godly man, having knowledge about God or being righteous or doing the right things and then flowing in the Spirit. And I guess if you look back through your life like I do and think about all the people in your life who've journeyed with you, a lot of those people were very godly in my life. They knew the Word of God. They did the right things. But if I asked the question, were they spiritual men, I reckon there'd be a bit of a stumbling block there. I never saw them operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I never saw miracles occur through their life. I never saw a dimension of, of spiritual um, power and authority. Oh, thank you. Can't see the red? Got a black one. You beauty. So I thought you might help me characterize what is a godly man? What makes someone a righteous, godly person? I'm all ears. A godly man. What characterizes a godly man? Okay, they know the word. Keep coming. And they do good things. They listen, keep the commandments. Yep. Honest. <laughs> yep. That's true. <laughs> You're speaking on your husband's behalf there, are you? <laughs> They're faithful. Cool. Keep going. They tithe. Well, oh, I like that one. Reliable, yep. Respected, yep. That's it. Yeah, it's not looking good for most of us, is it? Trusting. Yep, you keep using big words. That wasn't L, an abbreviated. Anybody else? Servant? Cool. Okay. That's a good list. Uh, that's a different category there. That's an ungodly man. If you're Barry for Collingwood. That's worldly. Yeah, carnal backslidden. It's the next category over that way. I mean, that, that in itself is enough to... to to take a lifetime to master, right? 
So what characterizes a spiritual man or woman? What would we have to add on to be in this category? Obedient? Okay, let's use the word intimacy. Led by the Spirit. Fearless. Faith. Fruit. Yep. Discerning. Yep, risk taker. Testing my spelling out here. Your pants are too tight, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're driving with Dave Rogers in Fiji. (laughs) That's a risk taker. You have to be bold, courageous. You're not very discerning. Yeah, that's true, mate. Leads by example. Okay. Gifts of the Spirit. That's pretty good. Devoted to God. That'll do, because I could be here all day. Okay, let's move that back over there. I think, I think, okay, here you go. Oh, okay, here you go. Just for John. If I had a little elephant stamp, John, I'd give it to you. <laughs> okay. The point is that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you and I, put your name in there, may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What we're striving for is to be both godly and spiritual. Unfortunately, there's a divide. I think if we look at the example of Jesus, there wasn't. He was both the perfect dovetail of being both a godly man and a spiritual man. And we see this happen as he grew, as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. You would have said he's a godly young man. 
He grew in the knowledge of the word of God. He was all those things. He knew God. He was honest. He was faithful. He did good things. He was listening. He kept the commandments. All those things Jesus was. He was a godly man. But he was also a spiritual man in the sense that the spirit of the living God was manifesting through him and supernatural things were happening as a result of him being a spiritual man. Jesus, full of the spirit, left the Jordan, was led by the spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Then he returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. The point is we need to, to ask ourselves, are we godly first and foremost? And are we spiritual as well? Because if we're just spiritual people, then we lack character and we lack substance. But if we're just godly people and we have that character and, and we have that substance, somehow we lose the power and the influence that we can have as we extend the kingdom of God. If you're just a godly person and you're not a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered person, then you can only advance the kingdom of God through intellect and reason. But you think about it, when Jesus was ministering, the multitudes came to him. I heard a couple of the boys in Fiji go, oh, I'm so tired from praying. And we prayed for probably 20 people. Jesus had multitudes of people. He had to have discernment. He had to have wisdom. He had to have words of knowledge. He had to heal. He had to exercise demons. And he did it over and over and over and over and over and over again. If you just operate as a godly, righteous person, you'll come up short. You've got to operate as both together. And sadly, some of our denominations focus very heavily on this side, on being godly and righteous and, and, and knowing the word of God. And I'm not knocking that. I'm saying that's wonderful and necessary. But they come a little bit shallow on this side and sometimes vice versa. They're very heavy on being spiritual, encountering God, uh, intimacy with God. But then they're a little bit lacking in some of the substance of knowing God's words, of being people of character and integrity. So I want to break this up into two sides because I really believe that what Jesus was saying was this is fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, all those things. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And they're learnt. They're not received. They're learnt. Over time, we learn to be loving. We learn to have joy in our life. We learn to be people of peace and patience and kindness. And I don't know what your list is like in your life, but I'm still lacking a lot of peace and patience when it comes to my kids. I don't have all those, but I know what God's done in my journey is it's like my life has been over the anvil and God has been gently shaping and molding me through experiences and hardship and adversity and frustration to mold that into my life. I'm learning as I walk with Jesus, he's shaping me into the likeness of him. But it's, it's a learnt thing. Jesus didn't give me all that character just as a gift and say, here you are, Mark, you're the perfect person. He gave me trials and temptations and a life experience where those things had to be learnt and often learnt by mistakes. It's sort of forged in us as we're obedient and as we surrender to God. We have to learn sometimes the hard way, but it's shaped in our life. You know, plants don't bear fruit until the tree is mature when the roots are firmly established, when nourishment is flowing through the life of that tree. And it's the same for us. Christians don't bear fruit the moment that we're saved. It takes time to be a person of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of gentleness, all those qualities of God. 
unless we allow the Holy Spirit to reign in our lives over our flesh life, that will never happen. We've got to grow to maturity. And that comes when God disciplines us, when he corrects us, when we're accountable, when we're in intimacy with God. We grow in wisdom and stature just like Jesus did. We become godly men and women. But we can have all the fruit of the Spirit but not be spiritual people, if that makes sense. There's a little divide. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. My experience is that I've come across a lot of people that I would say are very spiritual. When I've watched them, they've moved in the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen them speak in tongues. I've seen them pray for people and they've been healed. I've seen them have words of wisdoms over people's life. But as I've watched them, I've noticed that they don't have a lot of fruit of the Spirit and it brings them undone because they're impetuous. They're not patient. And there's all different qualities that God wants us to have to blend together. The interesting part about fruits of the Spirit is it's really like being on that anvil. We have to suffer. We have to persevere. We have to go through this life and allow God to teach us and train us to have those qualities. I cannot pray over to you you today and say, Lord, give them all the fruit of the Spirit. I can't pray that prayer over your life. You've got to learn that yourself. But I can pray, Lord, make them spiritual. Fill them with your spirit. The difference with between the two is that one is learnt, the other is received. I love it when James said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We've got to be people of character. If we've got the the power of God operating through our life, but we have no character, you're a dangerous Christian. You're going to hurt people. You're going to railroad people. You're going to be like a steamroller. You know, when they talked about Jesus, they said a, a reed he did not bruise. He was gentle in his ministry because he had love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We need those in ever-increasing measure to be godly and mature people but if we only stop there we're stuck in the old testament we really haven't entered into the fullness of what god wants for us so notice the difference to be a godly person you learn that but to be spiritual that should be to have spiritual power in your life it is a received thing you can have it today 
It comes from God to you without any conditions. It doesn't matter whether you're mature or not. You can be a Christian that's just been saved and someone can pray for you to receive the power of God for the Holy Spirit to come and manifest in your life and suddenly you have the gifts of the Spirit open to you, to operate in. And God wants us to have the both end. It's not one or the other. And so we've got to enter into the fullness of what God has for us. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him, right? If we stay on this side of the equation and we're all these things, I don't know how you're going to heal people. I don't know how you're going to exercise demons. I don't know how you're going to operate in all that you need to minister and advance the kingdom of God. You've got to have that arsenal of weapons. You've got to be able to get yourself out of the way and let the Holy Spirit flow through you so that you're not drawing from your own character, my goodness and faithfulness and my integrity. You're drawing from the manifest presence of the living God flowing through you into that situation. You're actually getting out of the way. Now, you need to get out of the way to produce character and fruit in your life because it's all about submission to God and surrender to God and listening to the Lord. All those things apply. You'll never be a godly person unless you're intimate with God. But you'll never be a spiritual person unless you've encountered the power of God. There is a difference. And sadly, our churches don't teach that very well. The power or the anointing of God comes instantly as a gift. We don't earn or get rewarded by incremental power increases. Okay, so if I'm a loving person and a joyous person, God doesn't go, well, therefore, Mark, I'll give you this measure of power. Oh, now that you're faithful and that you're gentle, I'll give you more power. The power comes right at the beginning. That's the normal Christian birth. And then the fruit of the Spirit is 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 learnt in our life so that those two flow together. We need to be a people that are of, in, of incredible character and integrity, but we also need to be people of power. That should be a statement we should able to put our own names in. God anointed Matt Patterson of Officer with the Holy Spirit and power, and Matt went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with Matt. I mean, really, we should be able to put all our names in there and we should be able to ask ourselves the question, Lord, am I bearing fruit? Ask someone around you. They'll tell you. They'll be happy to tell you if you're a joyous, loving, patient, peaceful person. It's a measurable thing. And so is the manifest power of God. It is a measurable thing. It comes to those who are hungry to surrender and obey the Holy Spirit, but it's not determined by your age or by your experience or the knowledge base that you have. I've led young people to the Lord that don't know much about the Lord at all, but they're hungry to to be saved and to deal with their sin. And then we've prayed for them and you physically see God touch them a baptism in the Holy Spirit, and suddenly they speak in other tongues or they're prophesying. It's visible that God is doing the power thing. The journey has to be of discipleship to get them to understand the gifts and to walk with them in the fruit of the Spirit as well. Otherwise, they're dangerous people. But we need both. We have to yearn for both. It's not wrong to want both. So receiving the Holy Spirit, is his power is foundational and essential 
to ministry. Let me ask you a question. When Jesus ascended into heaven, before the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, were the disciples, did they know the word of God? Yep. Did they do good things? Were they listening? Did they keep the commandments? Were they reliable, committed servants? Were they trusting, respected? You could probably say they were all those things, couldn't you? But did they have the power of God? No, they didn't. And that's why Jesus said it's so important for us to understand that we need to be spirit-empowered, spirit-filled, and manifest the power of God. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in new tongues, and they prophesied. So to live an effective Christian life and advance the kingdom of God, we need the fruit of the Spirit as equally as we need the power of God. If we don't have the power of God, how do we advance the kingdom of God? It's got to be intellectually, doesn't it? We've got to come to people and we've got to say, I want to prove my point with you intellectually and academically that Jesus is who he says he was. And that's part of the journey. But Jesus came in a demonstration of what? The Holy Spirit and power. And that's how he proved to people along with the intellectual side of things. He brought a manifestation of power that proved that his kingdom was greater than the kingdom of Satan. And that's what we need to be able to do. We need to be able to pray for people and see God at work. And then that's the evidence and the proof experientially that God is real. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of God has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. So freely give it away. That's our ministry. Our ministry is not to argue the gospel. Our ministry is not to convince people academically that God is who he says he was. Because if we are both godly people and spirit-filled power people, that will be self-evident. That makes sense? The weapons that God has given us are not carnal, but they are in mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds that are set up on this earth. We need to be both. And I reckon a lot of you can say, yeah, I've, worked, I've walked this journey. And somewhere in my theology, in my knowledge of God, I got to the point where I realized something was lacking here. That I didn't quite have the power. When I was praying for people, I was doubting, would God do something? Can God do something? Am I the right vessel? Do I have the gifts? Do I have the power? It's not our power. We're just the vessel. But it's knowing that when we come into a circumstance or a situation that God is going to flow through us and he's going to manifest his power. Do you need faith to be all those things, to be a godly person? Absolutely. Do you need faith to be a spiritual man? Absolutely. It's by faith. The fruit of the Spirit is forged in our life by being faithful people, trusting in God, journeying with him. But the power of God comes when? When we simply say, Lord, I know there's something missing in my life. I know I'm a right pers righteous person. I do the right things. I seek after you. But I'm missing something in the economy of God that enables me to be a truly spiritual man to have words of wisdom, to perhaps speak in tongues, to pray for people and see them healed, to be able to, to see God's power exercised through you. Does that make sense? Good. You passed the test. Let's pray. Father, it's a really simple question. 
You said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again because only as you encounter the fullness of God can you really enter into what God had planned for us to manifest the spirit of the living God, the third person of the Trinity in our lives so that we could do greater things than you did. Father, we want to be those people of power. We want to be able to pray and see the, and see the, the sick healed. We want to see bondages broken. We want to know that the anointing of God is upon us to set captives free. But Lord, we can't freely give what we haven't freely received. And Lord, I know as I read through the book of Acts, there were many godly people who'd come to salvation and knew about you, but there was still a dimension of their faith that was lacking. They hadn't been empowered by the Spirit of God. And as the apostles walked through Samaria and through different parts of, of the world, they came across believers who were lacking that gift of power. And Paul simply laid hands on them and prayed, or Peter laid hands on them and prayed, and the Spirit of God manifest in their life. Lord, we truly want to be godly people. We truly want to be people of integrity and of great moral character and to do great things and to represent you as great ambassadors of God and know the word of God and hear your voice. But Lord, we also want that dimension of being people of power, of not being lacking in anything. Lord, I know when you wrote to Timothy, you said there were many people that had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. Lord, you want us to be both. You want us to be those power people, but you want us to be people of character. Lord, help us to understand that those two need to be knitted together beautifully for us to really be the people of God. To know you in all your fullness, in all your power. Father, I want to pray today, as we've written up on the board, people of courage, people that are risk takers, people that are bold, that, Father, you would have us have the courage not to fear walking in the power of God, not to fear asking for the Holy Spirit to come in all his fullness and take over our lives and give us that power that we may be lacking. Father, would you help us today to walk in your fullness, to walk in your power and your authority, so that we are just like Jesus, led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit. Father, only then can we truly say that we're going to do the things that you did on this earth. And Lord, I don't know about the rest, but I yearn for that day where our congregations are full of people of power, people that know the word, that walk in intimacy, that when they have an opportunity to pray, Lord, we just see you manifest yourself in all your wonder and all your glory, that we have words of knowledge, that we have the prophetic voice, that we have healings and miracles. Father, we are lacking that in our nation. Father, we need you to come in a fresh move of your power. Lord, we need to get out of the way. We need to get on our knees and we need to humbly come and say, Lord, we need more of you. We need more of your power. We need more of your fire in our life. Father, sure, we're always going to need more fruit and you're going to prune us and you're going to cut us back if we're not growing. And Father, we welcome that discipline. But Lord, right here, right now, we need your fullness of power. We need that dunamis power.
the power of the living God in our lives. Lord, give us the faith, give us the courage. Don't let any obstacle hold us back from entering into the fullness that you have for us. Father, I thank you for each one that's here today. Lord, you know their journey. You could give them a report card right now and say, yep, they're godly. Lord, I wonder if the report card would say, yep, Mark, he's a spiritual man. He has my power birthed in his heart. He has that power ready just to flow those living waters. They're there gurgling away inside him. And when he, when he prays, when I call on his name, I know my power will flow because he's surrendered and obedient to me. Lord, it's a biblical question to ask. Are we filled with the Spirit? Do we have the power of God in our lives? Have we encountered God experientially so that we know that we've been baptized in the Spirit? It's all language of the New Testament. We're not asking anything that's not legitimate here. But Lord, only you can answer that in our lives. So Father, I want there to be freedom and liberty in this church for us to explore that question to enter into the fullness that you have for us if we feel that we're lacking in any way. There's no condemnation here. It's just a question of growing and learning and being obedient to all that God has for us. So, Father, help us today to walk in that fullness, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Does that make sense for a lot of you? I know I sound like a broken record harping on about this all the time. But my fear is that we'll stay just godly people and that we won't move into the gifts of the Spirit and be open to them. And if we fall short of that, then God's going to say, I'm well pleased, but you missed the blessing of my fullness. And I want us together to really encounter God in a powerful way and to see his gifts flow through each and all of us as God discerns. You know, he'll give the gifts. It's whether our hearts are open. It's whether we're ready to come and say, Lord, fill me empower me, touch me. If you're lacking that dimension in your life today, would you have the courage to come and have someone pray for you? We won't make it a show. We'll make it very private, but the onus is on you. We can't do any more than teach God's truth. It's not about manipulating people. It's just about saying God wants it all for you. You've got to open your heart. You've got to open your mind. You've got to say, Lord, I'm ready. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want it all. It's a great prayer to pray. Lord, here I am. Empty me out of everything that's offensive and will hold you back. And Lord, fill me with your power and authority. Roscoe, let's sing one more song before we finish, mate. like to be upstanding.